In other words, in other words, in other words, in other words, in other words. Good morning. Welcome to In Other Words. I'm your host, Susan Scher. Thanks for joining us this morning. And I am so excited about my guest today. You may not know the name. Her name is Ann Taintor. Listeners, you have to have seen her work if you've ever been in an airport that had a bunch of magnets on it or craft fairs, which is where you started selling, isn't it? I did, yes. Yeah. It's the 30s, 40s, 50s postcards and ads with the kind of captions like, um, this is one of my favorites, parenting when messing up your own life just isn't enough. And, and the, you know, this picture of a happy mother, happy baby. Um, that, that's the kind of thing she does. So, Anne, welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank so you. Gl- you're nice welcome. You. I'm so glad you could be here. Now, one of the reasons I'm excited, listeners, is that this is her first ever radio interview. It is, yes. I read here that you started, you studied in college it's a major I didn't even know existed. Oh, visual and Environmental Studies. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that was Studio Art at Harvard. Okay. Uh, one thing I really found interesting was that you worked as a cartographer. You didn't create the maps, but you drew them, right? Well, for the most part, what we did was take um, survey maps and add features and update features and so forth. But my favorite part was to draw the map for the back of the atlas. This is back when we were drawing maps. You know, I like looking at something complex and simplifying it, and that's what that was for me. One thing that we did do every time we did an atlas, we had to put uh-huh. in some feature that didn't exist to protect uh, copyright because, I guess, in the map business, as in everything, people copy other people. When we did the Southern California atlas, the um, feature was the cement pond from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> so that if you saw any other map with the cement pond, you'd know that it was copied. One other project I got to do once was to create a map to go with contour lines that were being used in a flight simulator. And that that was kind of fun because all I had was the contour lines, and I had to create um, land and water to go with them. And it didn't have to be real, so you could do whatever you wanted. Right, as long as it followed the contour lines, as long as the contour lines made sense. Yeah, you can't have them crashing into a mountain that doesn't actually exist. Right. Collage in college. I was doing collage animation, and that's when I started. That's when I fell in love with cutting and pasting. The collage animation that I did, I cut out a lot of little pieces, and I sat in a dark room with a big, huge camera that filled the room, and I moved the pieces a teeny bit and took a picture, and a teeny bit and took a picture, and a teeny stop bit action. and took a picture. You're talking yeah, about stop right, action. Right, exactly, wow. exactly. And I'm so untechnologically inclined that the first movie that I spent, or movie, I mean, that I, I, that mean. I spent an entire day doing, uh, it came back and the film was black because I hadn't <laughs> taken the lens cap off the camera. <laughs> so, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Anne, I saw that coming. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. almost every photographer has that story. 
Oh, oh, okay. I don't feel so stupid. Did you figure out that stop action on your own? Oh, no, 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 not, not at all. Oh, no. I, I, was, I was about to be really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did then, yes. yes. Okay, that was brilliant of you. <laughs> The things I found out about you, and I love this, your father encouraged you. He did. You know, I was working for the map publisher, and I started doing this on the side. And my father said, why don't you quit your job and do this full time? And I was shocked. Fiscally, he was extremely conservative. And I said, but, Dad, then I wouldn't have any security. And he said, you don't have any security now tricky at first. Uh, I had a bulletin board where I, oh gosh, I didn't know how to run a business, where I just put up when I was expecting checks and what bills I had to pay, and I made it. Where did the idea come from? Well, you know, as I said, I started doing collage in college for animation, and then Mm -hmm. I started, I always did collage after that. And I just started adding words to my collages. And in the beginning, the words were just clipped out of magazines the way the images were. So that's Mm -hmm. how it started. I'm not sure how long it took me, but I finally figured out that I could actually write the words. (laughs) And, And back then, I didn't even have a computer. And so I went to a friend who had a computer, and she typed them out for me and printed them out. And I cut them and glued them on. But where did these captions come from? I mean, they are just such wonderful commentaries because you know those women doing the dusting in their pearls, you know they didn't want to be doing that. That's exactly true. I think that the first captions came to me. I picked up uh, a pile of ladies' home journals at a yard sale and I felt as though the women were speaking to me. I kind of just had to make myself open to hear them. I've gotten to know one of the models pretty well. I think she's in her 90s now. And she said that when they were modeling and posing with these big refrigerators and um, boxes of dish detergent, Mm -hmm. they thought it was funny because, you know, they had to act so delighted and obviously they weren't. Oh, goody, a new kitchen appliance. (laughs) My sister broke up with one bow when he gave her a sewing machine. And did she sew? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was just that assumption that because she was a woman, it would be something she would like. I'm not sure women at that time said anything about it, did they? Yes. Well, my mother got married right out of law school to my father and never practiced law and just became a housewife. And I think for a long time she kept her dissatisfaction to her. But I'm pretty sure my father gave her jewels and not appliances. How many women do you think from that era had that story? Not a lot. My mother, the reason my mother went to law school, my grandfather felt she needed a career. I am, I am not at all the woman in my cards and magnets. I 
loved being a mother more than anything, and I still do. It's, and I love being a grandmother. Seeing here that you uh, saw your options when you were growing into adulthood as housewife, teacher, or nun, or movie star. Or movie star, yes. Yeah. yeah. I really didn't know what else people could be, which is well, surprising yeah. since my mother went to law school. I could have thought, well, I could be a lawyer. But she wasn't a lawyer. No, she never I mean, she passed the bar, but, but right, right. she didn't do it. That's correct, yeah. When I was in grade school, I had one classmate whose mother worked, and I felt so sorry for her. My daughter wasn't a baby when I started my business, but part of the reason that I started it was to be at home because when I was working for the map publisher, I felt like I never saw her. So you started, what did you say, 85? 85, yes. 85, and you were just selling at craft fairs, right? That's right. I made little wooden pins, and mm-hmm. I glued the collages on them and glued the, gl- the words on there, and I sold them all around New England and in New York, and occasionally I'd do a craft fair in New York City. So... How did you go from craft fairs to actually being in some stores? There was a man I used to see at craft fairs a lot who owned a store. I think it was in Newburyport, Massachusetts, Annie's, and he kept... Called Annie's? Annie's, yes. (laughs) It was named after his daughter, yes. He kept asking me to sell him stuff for the store, and I kept saying no. And then one, one winter... I finally decided to do it, and after a strenuous November and December of doing craft fairs every weekend and being just about in tears from exhaustion, I came home and just and found a check in my mailbox from Annie's, and I thought, you know, maybe this would be an easier way to do it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I yearn for the days when I made everything by hand and just pretty much to order because... I like pretty much everything about my business except managing inventory. When you have a love of something, and this clearly for you is a passion. Oh, it is, yes. But as you yourself said, you started out with absolutely no business sense. Most entrepreneurs are like that. Hmm. And that's a problem because genius is not enough. You will never be highly successful by yourself. Yeah, that's true, and I love being freed up from the day-to-day workings Mm -hmm. of the business so that I can be creative. This is one of the great lessons that entrepreneurs need to learn because they want to do everything themselves, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to give up any control. But if you try to do everything yourself, you're going to to come to, to hate the business. You know, the reason, I think I started not doing everything myself when my husband and I moved to New Mexico mm-hmm. because I realized that if I did everything myself, I wasn't going to have any time to hike. There you go. So, yeah, I hired a woman to make and ship a lot of product, and then her daughter-in-law wanted a job, and once I had two employees, then I needed a manager, what? and we went from there. And I hiked. Yeah. Like every when I lived in New Mexico. And you enjoyed your business more that way, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. And my resolution for 2017 is to play more. 
And I love, I love my work, but not all the time. Well, and also you don't love all aspects of it. You love the creative aspect, right? Yes. And I love to scuba dive, so I need time for that. <laughs> yes. Having more time to scuba dive is a mm-hmm. very good reason mm-hmm. to hire a staff. Right. And, and the thing is, like, see, this is the thing entrepreneurs often don't get. If it's something that's not your passion, it is somebody else's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't become huge until you had a staff, right? That's true. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. You started with just the wooden pins, right? That's right. You now have a whole line of products. Yes, yeah. yeah you know, I, to target different kinds of stores, different customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have flasks for those who like to drink alcohol. We have mugs for those who like to drink coffee and tea. And, and these things both figure prominently in her work. Um, like, uh, let's see, what's a nice girl like me doing without a drink in her hand? Or martinis, not just for breakfast anymore. But I started doing a lot of alcohol-related captions because I was licensing. I am licensing. I have been for many years to a company that makes cocktail napkins, and they said, oh. we need more alcohol. So oh. it's really not a reflection of my personality so much as my marketing savvy. So... I'm on your website right now. It's just what you would think, com, and Anne is spelled with an E. You've got puzzles, magnet, bags and accessories, canvas pouches, zip-around wallets, luggage tags, coin purses, cosmetic bags. When I was at craft fairs selling pins, people started telling me I should do magnets, and I thought that was just about the dumbest thing I ever heard. Who would pay good money for a magnet when you could just tape something on your refrigerator? I mean, they've been amazing. They they built my house in New Mexico. They paid uh-huh. my mortgage. They're still one of my best-selling products. You know, when I first started doing this, and I was doing everything by hand, and everything was one of a kind, I just couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get to work in the morning because it was just yeah. so much fun. And then I yeah. started getting it started getting difficult. But now it's kind of gone back to the I can't wait to get to work in the morning because I'm doing what I want to do. Right. right. What you're doing with this is looking into the, the minds of the models, what they were really thinking, mm-hmm. and reflecting that they are, in fact, people. And so many people tell me that I've read their minds. Really? What I, what I say is what they're thinking. That's got to be great to hear. It does feel wonderful, yeah. Because it's giving a voice to people who didn't have one before. Or people who just are too well-behaved to say the things I'm not too well-behaved to say. Oh, that's good. Anne, thank you very much. I'm so glad you were with us today. Thanks so much, Susan. Oh, my pleasure. And you've been listening to In Other Words with your host, Susan Scher. You can find me on Podbean. You can also find me in iTunes. So thanks for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye. In other words. In other words.